Thanks for joining us for the Covenant Living Broadcast with Pastor John Butler of Covenant Life Church, located at 130 Atlantic Avenue in Bremen, Georgia. On today's broadcast, Pastor John Butler speaks from the subject of From the Pastor's Heart. And now, here is Pastor John with today's message. Questions. First question I'd like to ask you is, what are you thinking about? What are you thinking about? Now, some of you got caught. You're thinking about something that we probably weren't supposed to be thinking about while we're supposed to be having church. But what were you thinking about? And then here's another question, a second question. And I, I want to see if you can hear the difference. What's on your heart? What's on your heart? Th- those are two questions that sound kind of similar, but they're two very different things. It is entirely possible for your thoughts to be consumed by things that are not a reflection of what's really going on in your heart. All right? Can y'all, can y'all help me out a little bit? You understand what I'm saying? Sometimes what's going on on the inside and what's going on in your mind is not the same thing. What happens in your heart is deeper. It's more consistent. Your mind can be a whirlwind of, of thoughts and topics throughout the day, but when you quiet your mind, what's on your heart is still there, and it'll be there in the morning. You know, I want, to, I want to talk to you today, if it's okay, I want to talk to you about what's on my heart. There, there are a lot of things on a pastor's mind, at least on this pastor's mind, but fairly often somebody will ask me, Pastor, what's on your heart? Or somebody will ask me, Pastor, how can I pray for you? And it's always hard for me to narrow that down because my mind kicks into gear, starts spinning, because there, I mean, there, it's an endless list of things we need to pray about, right? I mean, there's all kinds of things we need to pray about, all th- kinds of things that I know, but I know what they're asking when they say, what's on your heart, or how can I pray with you? What they're asking is, is, is what, what is it that's hanging on? What is it that sort of consumes your, 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 uh, your time that lingers there in your heart? And so, so forgive me if the distinction I'm trying to make is not really precise or, or, or theological, but I think you understand what I'm talking about. So, so I want to I talk about what's on my heart. And a lot of times, and it's taken me a long time to figure out how do you even get down to what's on your heart. And what I'm, what I'm beginning to understand is that oftentimes my heart is revealed in my prayer time. If you will listen to what you say, on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, when you finally quiet your mind and you start communicating with the Father, what is it that comes out from the inside of you that you didn't necessarily think? You know, sometimes there's a track. There are two, there are two tracks to your mouth. Sometimes it's from your mind, and sometimes you speak from a place that you don't seem to have control over. You know, you know what I'm saying? That sometimes things come out that bypass your mind and you realize that you really believe it when you hear yourself say it for the first time. And so if you will listen to yourself while you pray, then sometimes you will hear the content of your heart. You, you'll hear yourself praying something over and over again from day to day to day. Or sometimes God reveals what's in your heart from the experiences that you, that you have, the experiences that you go through that grip you, the things that, that are going on in your life or that you walk into that other people have just let kind of pass by, but they've just grabbed a hold of you and, you, and, and won't seem to let go. And it confirms what God has already been dealing with you about. 
And so today, I just want to share what's on my heart. And here's why I think it's okay for me to do this. You know, we, we invite people to join the church. We, you, you, have, you consider me your pastor. So for those who are considering joining the church or those who already have, I think it's important that you know what's on my heart because it's from our hearts, Jesus says, that determines what we think and what we feel and how we speak and how we act. It is what's in my heart that's going to help me discern God's will, God's direction when it's not clear. You know, sometimes you're facing decisions where it's just not clear what you're supposed to do. Where sometimes you have two choices that are equally good, or, or in some cases two choices that are equally bad. And, and what's in your heart sometimes helps you break the tie. It, what's in your heart helps you keep moving when, when you get weary and well-doing. What's in your heart determines, what's in my heart is going to determine the direction that this church moves in, the kind of ministries it involves itself in, the kind of worship, the kind of serving that goes on here. And so I think it's, it's, it's only fair that I sort of open up and, and, and share with you what I think God's dealing with me about, in, at least in this season of my life. And so, so I hope this resonates with you, and I hope it also sort of sparks you to try to get in touch with what God's placed in your heart. What's on your heart? Not in your mind, not occupying your thoughts, but what's on your heart? So here's just, just three things today that's in my heart. Here's the first thing. Seeking, not adding. Seeking, not adding. And I want to read you two different versions of the same scripture. So Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, real familiar. Here's the New Living Translation version of it. It says, seek the kingdom of God above all else. Now listen, I know you've heard this before, but really listen to it. Seek the kingdom of God, this is the words of Jesus, above all else and live righteously and he will give you everything you need. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. Now, here's the King James or the King James 21st century version. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Okay, so that's where, the, that, that's where this, this came from in my heart. You know, it's it seek, it, not add. That's, what, that's what's on my heart right now. Here, here's what I mean. I, I told you at the beginning of the year, we need to get connected. We need to get connected to the spiritual basics. And, and among those, and maybe the most important of those, is prayer. We need to get connected in prayer. And I know that because it's in my life. I know that I am sensing that in my heart, that I need to get more connected in prayer. And it's not just about pulling out the, you know, pulling out the old stopwatch and making sure that you are praying 12.5% more than you did last year. Right? We try to quantify everything and try to measure everything. And that's, that's not what it's about for me this year. I don't, I don't mind if I spend less time in prayer if I'm spending better time in prayer, more effective time in prayer. I, I really am passionate this year about trying to figure out how do I really employ the, the, two, the only two offensive weapons that we have in spiritual warfare, and that's the Word of God and prayer, and they go hand in hand. They go together. So really what's driving me this year is prayer. I am trying to pray not just more, but more effectively. I, I want to know how to pray those, those, 
fire-falling, jail-rattling, revelation-bringing, sickness-healing, devil-chasing prayers that are all throughout the Bible. I want to know how to pray those prayers, not because I want to, I want to feel good about myself or I want, to, I, I want to be impressive or anything like that. I, I just believe that's, that's what God has for us. That's, that's our destiny. That's our inheritance of chil- as children of God. And if that's something God has for us, then I want to know how to do that. You know, if Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever, and He is, and if God is no respecter of persons, and He is not, then, then the, the question that's haunting me is, why do I not see that kind of power and effectiveness in my prayer life? That's what's on my heart. That's what's driving me this year. And I think part of the answer, maybe a major part of the answer, is in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 33 that we just read. It, it, it just it hit me recently. You know, sometimes you, you feel something, but you can't really articulate it. You know, you got something gnawing at you, but you can't. People are like, what's wrong with you? Hey, I don't know what's wrong with me. Well, well, tell me about it. I don't think I can tell you about it. There's just something eating at me. And that's kind of the way it's been with me in my prayer life this year. And I think this scripture encapsulates what it is that I've been trying to say. Now, I know this is a very far-reaching scripture. And there are lots of applications and lots of interpretations and lots of ways it applies in your life. And I'm still sort of struggling through all that and trying to understand it. But, but it has to apply to our prayer lives as well. It has to. So, so that scripture just hit me out of the blue the other day as I was praying and sort of struggling through this, and the Spirit immediately connected it in, in my, that my prayer life should be connected to this Matthew 6, 33. And I was like, that's what's been driving me crazy. Now, I want to show it to you in context, and then I want to maybe explain it a little bit better in, in the context of prayer. This is what Jesus said, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Now, I'll calm down. I'm not preaching a tithing message. It's okay. Store treasures in heaven where moths and rust can't destroy. Thieves don't break in and steal. Because where your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will be as well. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your whole body, and when your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. Now let's jump over to to verse uh, 31. Jesus said several other things in the context of this conversation, but then he said, look, don't worry about this stuff. And these are the things he was talking about. Don't worry about what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. What is that? That's the basic necessities of life. That's your bills. That's all of that stuff that, that, talk, that is about living your life on this earth. Jesus said, quit worrying about that stuff. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. Ouch. But your heavenly Father already knows all your needs. Seek first the kingdom of God. So this is, this is the scripture right in the middle of all of that. Seek the kingdom of God above all else and live righteously and he'll give you everything you need. And then verse 34, so don't worry about tomorrow for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. You see, this is where I am in my, in my prayer life right now. I am, I'm tired of coming to God with the same prayers. 
I'm tired of coming to him with the same problems or the same kinds of problems, the the same things over and over again. I'm tired of praying about myself and about my problems and about my needs. I'm tired of self-centered, small-minded prayers. And in the midst of, of that desperation, God brought this scripture to my mind. And, and, and seek first the kingdom of God, and all of these things will be added to you. And that's, and that's when it, it hit me. I've been doing it backwards. I've been seeking what God said He would add if we would seek Him first. Think about your prayer time. Because I don't want to be the only one up here confessing all my faults. Think about your prayer time. How much of your prayer time is spent asking for things, seeking God's hand in things that He already said He would give us if we would just concern ourselves with the kingdom of God first? He said, concern yourself with my kingdom, and then I'll concern myself with what you need, what you want, what you desire. Listen, this is not some sort of super secret spiritual weapon that's designed to manipulate God into doing what you want Him to do. That's not what this is about. It's about reprioritizing our lives, reprioritizing our prayer lives, and pointing our compass towards the things that God says are important, towards His kingdom and His priorities. You say, well, John, can we not pray about our needs? Of course we can pray about our needs. And there's a time and a place for that. And that's perfectly fine. But But we've got to make sure we're praying effective biblical prayers. And part of that effectiveness in in prayer is that we have to pray, Thy kingdom come and Thy will be done before we get to the give us this day our daily bread. Does that make sense? I want want to pray mountain-moving prayers that actually accomplish something and bring a change in this world and move the kingdom of God forward. But but I'm not going to do it if I spend 90% of my time whining about the situations and the needs in my own life. And then as I realize I'm running out of time with God, I just say, oh yeah, God, about all that kingdom stuff, I hope that all works out for you. (laughs) Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Right? I want to pray kingdom-seeking, kingdom-prioritizing prayers about the things that heaven's concerned about. And if I only have four minutes to pray about myself and my needs, then that's okay. Because He already knows what I need. And He's already promised to add those things when we seek first the kingdom of God. See, here's the problem. If we spend all our time seeking what He said He would, he would add then who's going to seek His kingdom? Who's going to prioritize the things that are important to Him? And so my heart in this season of my life is occupied with seeking and not adding and learning what all of that's about. All right? Here's the second thing that's on my heart this morning. Leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. There's some level on which things get easier over time, right? You, you, the, that, that you've experienced that with a job or, or uh, you know, with a particular grade level in school, you know, whatever. It, it applies to a lot of things. For me, parenting, pastoring, leading, being a husband, at some point you, you kind of get more comfortable carrying that mantle and bearing that responsibility over time. 
But, but on another level, sometimes the more you carry it, the heavier it gets because you begin to realize how important it is. You, you start to see the potential in relationship to what you've actually been able to accomplish. And sometimes, maybe even oftentimes, you realize that you're not even scratching the surface of what could be in those positions that you carry. So I'm becoming more and more passionate about leaving a legacy. Leaving a legacy. Now, I'm sure some of this is my age. Y'all just watch your mouths. Don't be saying amen too loud. Uh, some of this is, 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 is my age because in the next 18 months, I'll hit the half-century mark. I know I don't look it, but I'll be 50 by the end of next year. You know, some of it has to do with the stage of life that Valerie and I are in. Our kids are grown. They're thinking about their own future, their own families and careers. And, and, and I, I think for us, we start thinking about all the things we wish we could have and should have done and you know all the things that we wish we had said or the wish we had provided or wish we had thought about or wish we had taught them you know how how we wish we had known then what we know now can i get some parents to say amen about that you know but at the same time we're so proud of them and the people that they've become you know their work ethic and their character and and all of that so so as, as parents we're just trying to figure out how to be how to be in this season of our lives how to be the most helpful we can be to our adult kids and hey that's a different animal isn't it you know how can i mentor without imposing you know how can i offer advice or be there for them without making them feel like i'm disrespecting them or treating them like little kids it's a delicate balance we don't have it all figured out. But if I'm going to stay involved in their lives, then I've got to figure it out because I want to leave a legacy. I want to leave a legacy. And the only way to do that is through other people because we're not going to live forever. And leaving a legacy is, is much more than, than financial inheritance. It's not just leaving some cash. I, I want to I leave a legacy that, that's more important than that. I want to make sure that my family is strong and that they're able to stand on their own two feet when I leave this world. That they know Jesus in a personal and intimate way. That they have seen in me, not just heard from my mouth or from the pulpit. That I'm more determined than ever to make sure the stuff that they hear on Sunday, they see me living out Monday through Saturday. Because when I'm gone, they're not going to do what I say. They're going to do what they've seen and who I've been. Every word, every decision we make is a seed and that I'm sowing into my children. And I want to make sure I'm sowing good seed in good soil. So I'm concerned about leaving a legacy. You may have heard this song, uh, Live Like You Were Dying probably 15 20 years old now that gets more understandable for me every day it gets more understandable you're like dude that is so morbid what in the world is wrong you need an antidepressant dude what in the world this it, it, legacy for me is not about dying it's about living on through the ones that you leave behind. It's about living your life in such a way, investing in people to such a degree and with such quality that it carries on into the next generation or two or three. That's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about leaving a legacy. So don't put me on the suicide watch, you know, like take my belt or anything. <laughs> I got a call unexpectedly this week. I think it was Tuesday morning. 
real early, and, and, and it was the chaplain at Tanner at Higgins. And uh, she asked me to go to the hospital and meet with a family who had just lost a loved one. So I'm really walking into a situation. I, I didn't know who it was, didn't really know really a lot about what was going on. The man was 50 years old, 50. Worked in construction, big, strong guy. Came home the day before from work, just didn't feel good. Played with his kids, twin eight-year-old girls, and, and among the five kids that he, that he had. Wasn't feeling good, went to bed. Got up the next morning, got up that morning. Did, still didn't feel good. Sat up on the side of the bed, put his feet on the floor. He never got up. Never got up. And so I got there in his lifeless body, only two years older than me, lying there on the, on the stretcher, surrounded by his, his wife and five kids, or some of the five kids. And, and I just remembered again that life is full of surprises. And there's no guarantees in life. And I wondered again, if that were my body lying there, how would my family respond? Have I prepared them? Are they ready for that eventuality? Not for my death, but for their life. Are they ready for their life? What have I taught them? Have I done enough to show them the way? Have I left a legacy for them that will be a beacon lighting the way to Jesus? Because at the end of the day, that's the only thing that's ever going to last. And that's what makes a difference. And that's what's on my heart right now is leaving a legacy that points to Jesus. It's the same, it's the same with pastoring. The more I do this, the more I realize how important it is. The more I realize the potential in a church that's well-pastured. And I'm, and I'm trying to approach every day with a deeper understanding of the legacy that I need to leave here in this church. You heard it last week in regards to passing and receiving the baton. You know, It's not just about being good and having good church. It's about being intentional with our faith. And with the gospel, with the people that I've been entrusted to lead and to serve and to protect and equip and to feed for the, for the work of the ministry. See, I'm excited about what's happening in this church. I, I am. I'm more excited now than I've ever been. I, I'm, I'm more and more passionate about pastoring this church because I think I'm beginning to understand the bigger picture here. I think I'm beginning to understand legacy. That I'm beginning to understand that it's not about spending, it's about investing. Don't miss the difference in that. So it's not about spending, it's investing. It, it, it means in the mon not just money, but time and energy and focus and, and all of that stuff. None of that's renewable. Once you use it, it's gone. So we better learn to invest in things that bring a return and not just spend on something that's going to go away. So the legacy that I'm trying to leave here is an eternal one. A leg because legacy is not just about my kingdom and my reputation. It's about the kingdom and about making Jesus famous. And His kingdom is in people. Change lives. So I'm excited about what's happening in the lives of the people around here. I, I love seeing the spiritual growth in you guys. 
I love seeing you become more like Jesus. I love seeing you develop the fruit of the Spirit, putting on the mind of Christ, developing the character of God. I love that. That's the eternal stuff right there. And it changes you, and it changes your family, and it changes our community. I'm more passionate about connecting people to Jesus every day. I'm even excited about what's happening in the facility around here. I'm excited about that. The, the way we're trying to improve the way this place looks. God, God willing and the creek don't rise, by the end of the summer, this is going to be a completely different looking campus in a good way. You say, but I thought you weren't worried about uh, you know, the, the things of this life. It's just the eternal stuff. I'm excited about the spiritual leverage that these physical changes will give us. The opportunity it gives us. The people who will come because it looks nice and because they see something going on. That, that's what I'm excited about. The opportunity to leave a spiritual legacy. That's what gets me out of the bed every day. That, that's what gets me in the Word. That's what keeps me on my knees. That, that's what informs every decision that I make. His kingdom come. His will be done on this earth. That's legacy. That's legacy. And that's what I'm talking about. Now here's the, here's the last thing. Like, if this isn't alright, it, it's almost over. So y'all just hang in. Here's the last thing. Walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Walking in the Spirit and not in the flesh. Let me read it to you from the NIV. I'm all over the place. I'm just uh, equal opportunity this morning. Three different versions. So here's the NIV if you like this. Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. So I say walk by the Spirit and you won't gratify the desires of the flesh. Walk by the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh. I've heard myself praying this recently. Uh, and uh, as it comes out of my mouth, I'm like, Yeah. That's it. You know, my thoughts are lining up with, with, with my heart. That's how I know it's in my heart. I, I just keep hearing myself, God, help me walk in the Spirit and not in the flesh. And here's why I think I'm praying this. Because everything that pleases God, doing His will, developing His character and nature, growing the fruit that He wants me to grow, being the man that God wants me to be, making good decisions, all of that is a direct result of walking with the Spirit. You see, I'm, I'm realizing more and more, He knows how to pastor he knows how to parent. He knows how to be a husband. He holds all wisdom and all knowledge. He has the answer to all of my questions. So why would I not want to walk with Him and in Him instead of trusting in myself or in, in all of you who are just as clueless as I am? <laughs> Sorry to tell you. You see, the longer I live, the, the longer I pastor, the more convinced I am in the power of Pentecost. And not just in the power of Pentecost, but in the necessity of that Pentecostal power. See, the Holy Spirit is a person. He's a person. And He'll walk with you and talk with you and lead you and guide you to all truth. And the, the more I learn, the more I realize I don't know. Have you notice that in your life? We just don't no. So I want an all-seeing, all-knowing, generous friend walking beside me every day of my life. I am trying desperately to walk in the Spirit so that I can hear Him say, nope, 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 not that. This over here. Nope, don't go there. 
Go over here. Well, well, you know, hey, don't move yet. Wait, there's something, there's something coming you don't know about yet. So you just, something you can't see, so just be still. Or, hey, yeah, that's how you do it right there. Good job, dude. You finally got something right. Or, hey, quit beating yourself up. Quit being so hard on yourself. Just get up, shake yourself off, and keep going. I mean, who doesn't need a friend like that? Especially when we understand that he's God. So everything he says is truth. And everything he tells you to do is good for you. That he has, he, he's, he, he has no ulterior motives in what he's telling you. It's all, it's all about my good and developing the character and nature of God in me. And not only does the Spirit keep me on the right track, but when I'm walking with the Spirit, that verse says, I cannot satisfy, gratify my flesh. See, too many times I've been focused on trying not to sin. Think about that for just a second. How, how much energy do we expend trying not to sin, trying not to mess up, trying not to be selfish, trying not to say something stupid? Right? I've learned, I, I am learning to quit all that. You never win by playing not to lose. Does that make sense? Y'all sports fans enough to understand what I'm talking about? If you play not to lose, you're almost always going to get beat. So, so I'm walking in the Spirit and with the Spirit and letting Him show me what to do. And I'm learning to quit worrying about what not to do. You're like, John, you're not worried about sin? No, I'm saying they're two different roads. Walking with the Spirit leads to life and peace and godliness. Walking in the flesh leads to sin and death and destruction. They're mutually exclusive. And so I'm just focusing on listening and hearing and obeying the Spirit. And I know that when I do, He's never going to let me down. He's never going to lead me to temptation. He'll always lead me away. So here's, here's sort of the bottom line today. I don't know why I felt like I needed to do this. I hope it's resonating with you. I hope you're, you're trying to figure out some things, what's on your heart. But I, I'm, just, I'm just telling you, I want to do this thing for real. I don't, I don't just want to look like a good Christian. I don't want to just look like a good pastor. I want to be a real Christian. I want to be a biblical Christian. I want to be the man of God that He's destined me to be, that He said I could be in His Word. I want to be the real deal. I want to be ready to witness. I want to, I want to look for opportunities, and I am beginning to understand how to do this, to look for opportunities to share my faith. I want to learn to listen when the Spirit speaks in everything, every day. I want Him to tell me how to preach and what to preach and where and when. I want Him to empower me and to lead me and to show me how to live. So, so I am learning to surrender to Him. I am learning every day to ask Him to fill me, to baptize me. I want to be so full of Him that there's no room for anything else. That's what's on my heart. Less of me. More of Him. So I'm just going to ask you to stand with me. I don't, I don't really know how this is resonating with you. I don't really know how to follow it up, but I do want to, I want to give you an opportunity to pray. 
it, it's possible because I know God well enough to know sometimes He uses me to articulate what you've been feeling and sensing, but maybe you haven't been able to put words into it. And so I'm hoping that that's what's happening this morning. So if you, if, if you are in that position and you're thinking, I've got to learn to seek first the kingdom of God and quit trying to seek the stuff that He has already said He would add, then I just want to invite you to do that. Or, or maybe you're saying, oh man, I, I'm really concerned about the legacy I'm leaving. I look behind me and I'm not sure I see any good, uh, the good fruit or as much good fruit as I want to see. So like quit stressing about what you don't see and start sowing seed. Quit, quit worrying about what you haven't done and start doing what you're supposed to be doing. Because you'll be surprised how fast fruit grows. Or, or maybe you're just, you're just in that spot. You're like, I've got to quit fighting about the Spirit's role in my life. I've got to quit getting in my head so much and worrying about all the details and all the stuff that I've seen and all the weirdness, all the craziness, and just dive in head first to what the biblical Holy Spirit wants to do and say in my life. Because the Holy Spirit of the Bible is not weird. He's not crazy. He, 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 is, he is good, and He is the Spirit of Jesus. He is our comforter. He is our advocate. He is our friend. He walks beside us and leads us and guides us to truth. He is exactly what we need in this life, more and more and more every day. So we're just going to pray. This altar's open. Briel sing something, and you're welcome to come and pray about this or anything else. Let's pray this. We pray that you've been blessed and inspired by today's Covenant Living broadcast with Pastor John Butler. You can hear today's message in its entirety by visiting our website at covenantlifewestga.org. You can find this video there on our homepage. Just click the YouTube button and make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. And give us a call at 770-537-3747. That's 770-537-3747. At Covenant Life, our mission is to go and make disciples by being real, relational, and reaching. Be sure to join us next week for more Covenant Living with Pastor John Butler.